0: Hey there, everybody. How you doing again today? This is Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in. So I told you yesterday we was going to pick up with Lot again. and How um, the story with Lot was kind of long. But the story with Lot and Abraham is also very interesting. So, um, the Lord you know, had just spoken to Abraham in yesterday's uh, podcast. We talked about his wife was going to have a child and and that she laughed at him. And the Lord heard her laugh inside the tent. But now today, he says, we start off, it says uh, those three angels that were with Abraham and told him that his wife was going to have child and Abraham and prepared them food. It said, uh, The men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. You see the Lord and Abraham had a very close relationship, and it wasn't it wasn't just like well I guess the rest of us because it's not a how do we say a personal one on one type uh relationship right I mean here the Lord is saying, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing so they they have a relationship. they talk you know I mean, he came to his house and told Sarah you know uh, have a about the baby and, and other things before that they have a a great history together, but he says to abraham um." For what well, he says about Abraham in 19, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So, Abraham is a man of his word, and God is a man of his word. And so then the Lord says to Abraham, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Is that not to me that's just amazing when you read that and you think the outcry the world the outcry of the world has fallen on the ears of God about the way Sodom Sodom and Gomorrah behave uh it must be must be pretty bad we don't know i i mean me i assume it's uh, like the angels and people that are victimized or whatever crying out in their prayers and, and lament to the Lord. And 22 says, Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. So the Lord stayed with Abraham and the two angels, assumedly Michael and Gabriel, went towards Sodom. It says, And Abraham came near and said, Would you destroy the righteousness with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the wicked, far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham is laying it thick on the Lord now. He is he is arguing for the lives of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, knowing how vile and wicked they are. He is arguing, he is pleading for their lives. And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. The Lord's pretty boastful, isn't he? If I find just 50, which I'm confident there is not 50 there, but I'll tell you what I'll do, Abraham, if there's 50, I'll cut them some slack. But then Abraham answered and said, Indeed, now I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. He's saying that he's taken it upon himself to speak for the people of Sodom. He is nothing but the dust that God has created, and he is standing up to the man who created him. And he says in 28, Suppose there were less, five less than the fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? So he said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again, Suppose there should be forty found here or there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of forty. And then he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Indeed, now I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. And then he said, Let not the Lord be angry. I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. (coughs) Excuse me. So what is going on here? Here we have Abraham. Abraham is tight with God. They have a relationship. Abraham knows Lot is living in in the town with his wife and two daughters and two son-in-laws. So that's two, four, six. And he didn't negotiate down to six. He went to ten. Knowing that that's still not Enough. But he negotiates with the Lord over not destroying Sodom, knowing how bad Sodom is. But what about the Lord? The Lord loves Abraham enough, and he has told Abraham in the past that he will number the, his descendants as, the star, as such as the stars are in the sky, right? He knows Abraham's going to be a great nation. He could do anything he wants to, but he chooses to negotiate with Abraham. But Abraham goes to his place. He doesn't stay on the hill to watch. I don't know if he goes home to pray or whatever, but he leaves it in the Lord's hands, right? And now, chapter 19, the two angels, they come in the evening to Sodom. And Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom and when Lot saw them he rose to meet them. And Lot I'm just going to paraphrase he uh he asked the guys to come come spend a night at his house. Lot knows what's going on in Sodom. He lives there. He knows how vile the town is and he sees these two men. And you have to think that Lot recognizes them for their deity that he invites them to come to town, to his house. And he says, Come to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. You may rise early and go your way. And they said, Nope, we'll spend the night in the open square. See, back then, transients, you spent your night in the open square or outside the city gates. Or if you were lucky and had money, maybe somebody would put you up in a room in their house for the night. But Lot insisted that, Take them to his house. And there he made them a feast, baked unleavened bread, and they ate. And see, before they lay down that night, lo and behold, when they came into the city, big city, you had to come through the gates, you had to come walk through the city streets, everybody saw what was going on, right? So they know that the men are in the town. The people know that they're there, and it says the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. That's a lot of people. The court, the towns divided up into quarters. There's a lot of people, and they called to Lot and said to him, "Where are the men? Bring them. The men who came to you tonight, bring them out to us, so that we may know them carnally." Those men were wanting to rape the guest. Those other men that came into that town. But Lot went outside the door, shut the door behind him. And he's telling them, Come on, guys, don't be so wicked. These are guests in the town. He says, uh, I have two daughters. They have not Do with them see two daughters who have not known a man. So pretty much two virgin daughters. He says, let me bring them out and you can have them. But since these men have come under my roof, they're under my protection. That's what he's saying. You can't have these men. I'm not going to allow it. But they yell at him, get back, get out of our way. And they go to grab him. And the angels... They reach through the door, and they grab Lot and snatch him back in, and then they blind everybody outside and cause them to have chaos. And then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whomever you have in the city, take them out, for we will destroy this place because of the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. And finally, when the morning came, the angels told him, said, Lot, you got to get up and get out of here. We've stalled long enough. Take your wife, your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. Now you see, a lot of people say Lot had his two daughters, but I I look at this and I think Lot had four daughters because he had two son-in-laws who they were married to, and he had two daughters in the house who had not known men. So, he had two young daughters in his house. But his son-in-laws thought he was joking, and they didn't want to leave. So, when the morning came, the angel says, that's it. We've we've, uh, stalled long enough. Take your wife, your two daughters. Get out of here, or you're going to be consumed in the punishment. You're going to be destroyed with the city. And it says, And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and brought him out and set him outside the city. So they physically took Lot and his family outside the city. It said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. So, here they... They say what they're gonna do. Lot has negotiated and begged. And one makes you one question makes you wonder why? Why would Lot do this? So if you live in a city of despair and decadence and Rape and destruction. Is that where you want to raise your family? But you know what I think? I think it's... uh, What's that saying? When misery loves company. It's what Lot knew. It's what he was comfortable with. He couldn't rise above his situation. And he was comfortable with living with those people in that decrepit despair and nasty and place. And a lot of times that's how we are. We are comfortable in the job, we're comfortable in the in the in the home. We're comfortable in our bad toxic environment of Screaming at each other with our spouse or abuse. And we don't think we're worthy of anything better or we don't think that we can get out of the situation or circumstances. And Lot physically had angels drag him out of the city to change his environment. And he still fought it. I mean, my goodness, how many of us out here, if angels showed up and you know they're angels, I don't know, I, I guess you'd know you'd know that they were angels. I don't know if they show up with name tags that says we're angels, Gabriel and Michael or not, but I think from all indications, we'd know that they're angels. And if they showed up at my house today and said, Chip, there's a meteorite coming, you got five minutes to get out, Well, guess what? I'd be out in about 30 seconds. And then I'd be finding a place to where I could watch, not get hurt, right? But I don't understand. But they tell these people, they tell Lot and his wife, it says, Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, From the Lord out of the heavens, he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. So in that valley, he destroyed everything in the valley. All the major cities, the minor cities, all the inhabitants of the cities. That means children, teenagers. Goats, donkeys, chickens, dogs, adults, all the trees, the plants, the food, everything that grew on the ground. They destroyed it all. But they had told him where is it? They told him to leave and not look back. They told him to leave and go and told all of them that do not look back. Where is it? It says in verse 17, Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain lest you be destroyed. Well, He says, um, he overthrew the cities and the plains, like I said, and everything that grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. What does that mean to y'all? What do I think it means? She became a salt lick for all the animals in the valley that until... The rain and animals had licked it all away, but I tend to think of salt as something that they it's used for seasoning, or it's used for as a destroying the land. They used to mix it in with the land so that the crops wouldn't grow when they destroyed a field. So I think salt turning her into salt was a symbol of looking back will destroy you looking back and living living in the past will consume you and destroy you when you move forward you got to keep moving forward You got to keep moving frontwards, keep looking for the good, and not living in the past. So Lot wound up being just him and his two daughters. And I'm going to hold right there on Lot. But... Says, uh, where is it? I don't know where it was, but it makes me wonder what Abraham did the next morning when he woke up. Oh, there it is, verse 27. It says, And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, where he stood on the hilltop and negotiated for the Lord not to destroy the cities, right? If there was just ten, would you not destroy it? But he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. Is that not... Is that... Doesn't paint a picture for you, the smoke of a furnace? Furnace smoke is thick, black, billowing smoke blotting out the sun of the sky. And that's what Abraham saw that morning. The whole plain was nothing but plumes of smoke Rising up, blotting out the sun. 29, it says, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. So, what do we have? Abraham begs with God because he knew that Lot was down there. He knew that Lot and his daughters and his family were living there. Not that they were the greatest people, but they were Abraham's people. And God said, I promise you, Noah, I mean, Abraham, I will not destroy it if there is just ten. But he couldn't even find ten. Sodom and Gomorrah were so vile that there were not even ten people in the plain, the valley, to make it worth not destroying. And I think about that today. I think about cities like Chicago, Charlotte, California you got Los Angeles, San Francisco. I think about New York, Atlanta. I think about all the the evil, the vile stuff going on in those cities. Boston or even in Paris. In Europe, I mean Evil is running rampant all over Europe. And if God destroyed the cities of a plain, a valley, and couldn't find ten righteous there, what the heck are the numbers that we're dealing with today in all these cities. And you know, when God flooded the earth, He told Noah that as a sign that He would never destroy the earth by water again, He would put the rainbow in the sky. But He didn't say nothing about that with Sodom and Gomorrah, did He? Because the Lord knows that evil, debauchery, all that nasty stuff will be purged by fire again one day. You know, I keep saying, there's got to be something good. Just like Abraham, there's got to be something good, worthwhile about where we live today. There's got to be good people. There's got to be people that will lend you a hand. But I'm afraid that every time I turn around, I'm like God. All I see is hate, evil, meanness, thievery in the world. It's just it's sad i'm s I'm scared for my grandchildren and my great grandchildren, but you know I don't know if my grandparents thought the same thing i I'd like to think they didn't because the times we grew up in were different, but they had to hand the keys to the world over to my parents and my parents handed the keys off to me and now I'm the oldest and soon I will be passing the keys to the kingdom to my kids it's a sad state of affairs we live in today It's a world of entitlement and corruption. Religion is... Religion is... Furthest thing from many people's minds. It's a miracle to get people to sit in a church for 20 minutes on a Sunday. You act like they're pulling teeth compared to everything else they do during the week. I pray, I pray this world lasts. And I'm remembered by the quote from Edmund Burke. It's one of my favorites. It says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And to that, my question is, are there any? Good men left. I think it's time the good men should rise up. We should rise up and take our place in history. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless you. I hope everyone's doing well and hope you tune in tomorrow.